Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to Deep Cuts Lost and Found. This is round number 35. We are looking at the year 2001. This is a podcast with a bunch of best friends. We all graduated high school back in 1987. We've been sharing music with each other ever since. I'm here with Rich Ayer, Derek Brain, Bill Federko, and Chris Nashawadi, and myself, Thomas Golovich. It's Deep Cuts Lost and Found, round 35. We're looking at the year 2001. Welcome to the show. Right, so we're looking at the year 2001. It's turn of the millennium. We have our full gang back here. Chris Nashwadi is back from his hiatus. Uh, mm-hmm. How was uh, how were the last couple of weeks? I was back last week, wasn't I? Didn't feel <laughs> like it. Yeah, I was back. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for noticing. Really an impression. Really? Everything, everything's good. I'm glad to be part of the team, even if no one seems to notice. <laughs> good point. You were here. So we're looking at the year 2001. Uh, let's switch over to uh, to history. I think, Chris, you are doing the history on this one. I am. And it's not a happy duty to talk about 2001. Oh, come on. We, we're trying to keep it positive. Well, I don't think you can go through 2001 without talking about our yeah. generation's Pearl Harbor 9-11. True. Obviously, you know, I think this is probably going to be the defining moment of our lives in a way. We weren't alive for World War II. Some of us were born when the man walked on the moon, uh, when men walked on the moon. And like the next big sort of epochal moment uh, is 9-11-2001. But I will move on. In its wake, irony was uh, said to be dead. That didn't last very long. It came roaring back before the end of the year, no doubt. Thank God. Irony. In 2001, Apple released both iTunes and the iPod, and Wikipedia uh, went live. Did not know that. Yes. The Leaning Tower of Pisa reopened after being closed for 11 years because it was doing a little too much leaning. How did they rectify that? I'm guessing some Italian Corps of Engineers. I have no idea. <laughs> some shims. I think they shimmed it. Pharmaceutical. It. Yeah, a shim. <laughs> they just, you know, at uh, at the box office, it was all kid stuff. The top three movies were Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Shrek, and Monsters Inc. Further down on the list, we have more grown-up fare like Ocean's Eleven and Pootie Tang, Zoolander, Dude, Where's My Car. Not a great year for movies. Classics. No, it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> but a couple underrated gems in there, like Sexy Beast and Snatch mm-hmm. and Royal Tenenbaums. Nice. And uh, as for as far as music goes, uh, the top three spots were all um, all women: Pink, Shakira, and Alicia Keys. Uh, the ladies mm-hmm. were were ruling things in 2001. So you know, 
tried to keep it short and sweet, but that's basically my thumbnail of 2001. Very nice. Take it. A year most of us would rather forget, except for the songs we are about to talk about. Nicely done. Actually, a good year in music, right, Nash? Great year in music. All right. Not like 98. Thank God. (laughs) All right. Well, Derek, why don't you uh, lead us off? You're the leadoff hitter tonight. What would you like to start us off with? Oh, boy. All right. Leading off. I guess I'm going to lead off with a song that I've been kind of waiting to play forever. And I, I keep trying to get us to a theme song, a theme show about clothes so I can play the song. God, you've been beating that horse. Yeah, no one ever bites. Uh, Spoon came out with Girls Can Tell. I, I know Fido played another Spoon song, but I just can't I can't help it. I, I, I love this song so much. We were of a generation where um, thrifting clothes, we got it at a really sweet spot where there were these clothes from the 60s and 70s that were still out there that were really great. You know, like certain like Van Heusen shirts or, you know, certain kind of like, you know, Black Panther style leather jackets. Um, You know, there was just some amazing stuff to be had, whether it was rayon or not. And I think maybe something about this song by Spoon called Fitted Shirt really kind of uh, brought that to mind, poked at that, you know, nostalgia I had for for that time and these amazing clothes that that uh, I found in the in the sort of late 80s and nine, early 90s. But it also has this really beautiful, touching aspect of him talking about his dad and his dad's clothes and how he kind of had had these clothes, you know, one day it'll take and they'll start to make shirts that fits right. Until then, I suppose I still got dad's clothes and that's all right. And uh, in honor of that, I am actually wearing a shirt probably from the 70s that belonged to my dad. Uh, Rayon? And that fits right. It's definitely not a natural fabric, but I like the way it looks. But anyways. good on you. Yeah. But it's also just a banger. It's a fitted shirt from uh, their record, Girls Can Tell. Uh, it's Spoon. The year is 2001. It's Deep Cuts Lost and Found. Tonight, 
village show One day it'll take And they'll start to make Shirts that fit right Till then I suppose I still got dad's clothes And that's alright an indie rock ACDC. It's such a kind of primal rocker, isn't it? That's a good one. Great song. I think they've been playing playing this song live uh, on this last tour, and uh, I've oh, seen good. a couple of uh, uh, videos of them doing it, uh, you know, so many years later, and it's, it's pretty great still. Does anybody here go to a haberdasher? Anybody get their clothes fitted or tailored? I have done it before. It's I an exciting I bet you have. Place. It's an I think I saw you experience. on. Did you have some photo on a cruise ship where you were wearing like a three piece? Yes, suit? yes. Yeah, uh, that was you're a little dandy. Did you have a French cuff shirt with your monograms on the cuff? I wish there was no monogram. It was probably <laughs> someone else's monograms. Was probably what was on the shirt. <laughs> pocket square. Uh, did you do the pocket square? Absolutely, yeah, lavender, Absolutely. I believe. Yeah, the bowler great. hat. Nice memory. Absolutely. Yeah. It was the Turner Classic <laughs> Movies cruise. <laughs> did not have spats. What is he, Scrooge McDuck? Any monocle. <laughs> <laughs> I thought a haberdasher was just a hat shop that just made hats, but they do oh, everything. Not just hats, Rich. Not, not just hats anymore. No, 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 no. Dealer in all men's clothing. Oh, I, yeah. I think a haberdasher is just for bespoke men's clothing. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, we'll still try to fit you in on that theme show on clothing. So well, <laughs> ship sail. This is all I was trying to just trying to fit this one song in. So I'm good. I think that that water shot, uh, Billy. You want to take up the next spot? <laughs> Oh, okay, sure. I'm going to mix it up, do something a little different. Although 2001 was a great year for rock, Spoon, Strokes, obviously. Uh, I'm not going to play any rock songs tonight. I think I will play electronic instrumental songs. So that'll either uh, alienate everybody or maybe please somebody who's looking for a, a little bit of sorbet between the rock courses tonight. Call me the amuse-bouche of the evening. Um, <laughs> and I will start with a. Uh, a German artist, Tommy, mm. Ulrich Schnauss. Yeah. I feel, like, I feel like I should be wearing a black turtleneck and calling myself Dieter. And I'm going to play the song Noodlemouse. Am I saying it correctly? Yeah, Noodlemouse, yeah. Noodlemouse, which I think is like Cuddlemouse. Yeah, you could say Knoodle, Noodlemouse. But... Knoodlemouse. Like noodlemouse. Oh, is that where they get the word canoodle from? Oh, you're canoodling. <laughs> I haven't I'm telling you, that. German and Yiddish, they're cousins, man. There's a Mein Lieben, canoodling, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lieber mein Ash Monkey. I don't know. Does that touch my monkey? Uh, I don't know my German very well. But uh, you asked if you loved your monkey. <laughs> okay, well, we already know the answer to that. Yeah. <laughs> touch him, love him. But anyhow, this is an instrumental song by uh, Ulrich Schnauss from his obviously 2001 record, which is called God Darn Far it. Away Trains Passing By. Thank you, Thomas. And, uh, this is a song, I think it's kind of transportive. It takes me to a happy place, makes me feel good. It's a warm sounding song and it, it goes with everything. I play it when I'm you know, working or just uh, want to relax. It is um, just a beautiful song. Let's play Knoodle Mouse by Ulrich Schnauss.
I love that you uh, played this record because to me, this record really captures uh, the year of 2001 a lot. It was a big chill out electronic music year. This is a year that like a lot of, I think, important bands kind of dropped their greatest statements, including uh, Charles Webster dropped a really beautiful electronic record that was very melodic. The Dining Rooms played sort of an abstract electronic record. Buzu Baju had an almost exotic sounding electronic record. Zero uh, Seven put out a really beautiful yep. album and Ulrich Schnauz. It was just a very unique year for kind of chill out music. And uh, it feels- I was pandering for Tommy's vote, obviously. <laughs> It's a great pick. It's a he great was in pick. Tangerine Dream for a little while. Oh, was he really? I didn't realize yeah, that. I didn't even know Tangerine Dream was a was an ongoing entity in the 2010s, but he was he was in them for like six years. Of course, they scored Bill's favorite scene from Risky Business. <laughs> that is true. That you is ever true. make love on a real train, Joel? Exactly. Yeah. That was a talent house too. Paul Hustlinger, who's a composer I've worked with before in Halt and Catch Fire, he was in Tangerine and Dream as well. And I think a lot of just talented German composers kind of worked their way through that band at different times. And uh, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm a Remember fan. me at the vote, Tommy? Absolutely. Oh, come on. That's so fucking obvious. Chris. <laughs> you, you get to, you get to pander next so if you Chris, get to you pander, a German song well, i'm not gonna pander i'm gonna let the artists speak for themselves i'm not oh, you know gonna go this, guy back. Votes this early in the game <laughs> yeah uh, i'm happy to go next because uh, as we sort of said already this is a great year for music i this is the first year in probably mm, five or six that i really had a hard time narrowing it down i could have come up with 20 songs to throw on this list the one I'm going to kick it off with tonight is a song by Joe Strummer and his band, The Mescaleros. They made three really great albums, all very different between 99 and 2002 when Strummer died way too early. That guy is a fucking national hero, uh, uh, even if the nation's Britain. He should be an American national hero, for fuck's sake. <laughs> He's an international hero. Yeah, ah, I, I just the, the more I know about Joe Strummer, the more I fall in love with the guy. In 2001, uh, Strummer and the Mescaleros put out an album called Global Agogo, and pertinent to its title, it's, it's very world music influenced. And there's a real like vein of inclusivity and positivity in the whole thing. It's just like, I don't know, it just, it's an album that really makes you feel good. And like, you just get the sense the Strummer is like, going to the far corners of the world to like soak up music and be this global ambassador of music. And God, I just love the guy. Anyway, the song is called uh, Bindi Boggy and uh, I love it. And I hope you do too. And that's not a pander. Deep cuts. Rock so lock up on me, that crush beast, I can't put it over now. 
joyous wonderful happy jam this is i'm it's such a great great track yeah nice pick i mean it's almost like a kid's song um it's listing off all these foods and stuff you know he's talking <laughs> yeah. about you know it's the fruit salad of the alternative world you know pastrami and salami and lasagna and to go you know bean yeah. sprouts and and who doesn't love mushy peas i mean it's, yeah. it's you know it's all about how multicultural london's become and while some people like you know don't like that uh, here, here's a guy who's just embracing it and like celebrating it, and it's uh, it's a really positive song and a really positive <laughs> album. And a lot of people know the the song Johnny Appleseed, which is a great yeah. song. It's on this record. It's sort of like the single, but the whole thing is it's a deep record, and um, I totally recommend it. Did he do a couple with Mescaleros? They did three. Three. Yeah. Okay. Really. And this yeah. record is right before he died. He died in December two thousand and two, so soon after this. And Julian Temple did a fantastic documentary I cannot recommend enough. It's called The Future yeah. is Unwritten. Oh, yeah, that was great. But yeah, as Chris mentioned, like, if you want to get to know who Joe Strummer is, I think that that documentary captured it in a way that it, it expanded my love of his songs and his songwriting, his persona, how he sings, what he cares about, the subject matters that mean something to him. Like, he's a really important artist of our lifetime, and I'm, I'm glad that this song is in the mix. It's a nice pick. I'm next. So, um... Which changes my pick, I think, because I want to go into a little bit more fun, exotic direction. One of the records that really knocked me out in 2001 was the Gorillaz record. What I loved about this was I was already a fan of Blur, and I thought Damon Albarn was a really interesting artist. I was enjoying each Blur record and seeing where they were going and what they were doing. And then when he put the Gorillaz together, there was so much I loved about it. It's him and artist Jamie Hewlett, both who were Londoners, uh, putting together this virtual band. In other words, there was not really ever an actual band. It was a series of cartoon characters that Jamie Hewlett had drawn with fictional members, including 2D, Murdoch, Nichols, Noodle, Russell Hobbs, all these little characters that they would create. And they had videos with the characters playing music. And the only regular uh, member of the Gorillas is, is, uh, is Damon Albarn, as far as musician goes. And they did only animated appearances, which was kind of cool. It was just a very unique record. It was also a great merging of different musical sensibilities. It had dub in there, Latin and punk influences, electronic influences, hip hop. It just felt like a wonderful grab bag of music. And this record, I think, captures some of that. So hopefully you guys will dig it. It is called Latin Simone by Gorillas.
different influences just roiling in this weird little soup. This record had like Clint Eastwood was kind of the big hit from the record. This is sort of a little bit more of a low-key oddball tune, but I just really love it and I feel like it's just interesting and dynamic and it feels Is it a sampled vocal or someone saying No, I believe it's a, a real vocal. I should double check who the artist is, but uh, I believe it's uh, an original it's not Damon. Uh, vocal. <laughs> no. No, it's not Damon. I, I like Gorillas this- a lot. I have to admit I really prefer the songs that Damon sings uh, mm-hmm. on their records. I mean, I know they're intentionally sort of like... Opaque. Well, and also just like, you know, they, they're, their whole MO is to have different people at the fore of the songs and all that. But I find myself always being drawn to his songs more uh, on their records. It reminds me of David Byrne's projects, you know, the Talking yeah. Heads, and they get so many people up on stage and different influences. But at the center of it is, is Albert, yeah. But I also remember being a little creeped out and a little turned off by the sort of conceit of this comic book band, you know, this sort of virtual uh, avatar for the thing itself. I remember that that kind of worrying me somehow or turning me off in a way. <laughs> worrying you about what? what? What worried you? How many NFTs do you own, Derek? Yeah, exactly. Well, I just, yeah, like, is this where we're headed? you got the that, gorilla in the captain's hat? He's yeah, got- like, you know, like in just a couple of years, there aren't going to be real bands. They're just going to be these comic book, you know, uh, cartoon bands. You know, it's Derek just going to be a world of Josie and the Pussycats, uh, <laughs> you know. This wasn't on the Gorillas. This wasn't on the album, was it? The song was it on the um, Gorillas album? I believe it was on was the it? album. I'm not. Tom goes sure. deep. No, I think it's on the record. Is it? I think it's on the record. Is that a challenge? No. It was actually built at, like the record. Essentially, was Jamie and and Damon kind of talking about MTV and how it has become like this 
completely artificial environment of these sort of fake videos and the artifice of it was sort of key. So for them, it was kind of like a, a critique by creating an animated band. You know, it's almost like, let's just lean in on the problem. But I hear you. I think yeah, that Derek's is, not buying it. Not buying it. Irony is dead in Derek's world. <laughs> well, it certainly worked for them. I, you know, I think it probably, they're probably more successful band as a result of that conceit, you know. Yeah, as long as they lined their pockets, good for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Rich. Yeah, I was going to pick Gorillaz, Tommy, but I saw you already picked it. It's going to so. be an all gorilla. I'm glad, I'm glad you did. Thank well, you. Well, I handed the torch off to you, Rich. So where do you want to take it? Yeah, I'm going to. Um, a cartoon band handy? I know cartoons, but um, I will take us to the Northwest, shockingly, oh, for the first song. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, I mean, they recorded in the Northwest, but uh, James Mercer of the Shins is. New Mexico, and he recorded the first album. Their first album came out in 2001. Okay, okay. And I've been looking forward to playing them for a while. I'm a, I'm a fan. Grown to like them through the, the naughties, as they call it, 2000s. Is that what we're calling it, the naughties? I've seen that referred to. I like it. I like it, the naughties. That's what, that's what Rich is calling it. We're starting it here, tonight. <laughs> um, no, I read it somewhere. I can't get, I'm not taking credit for that, but I, I do like it. But anyway, they're, you know, they have this... They're, Similar to like the Decemberists who started early in the 2000s, I don't know, the Strokes and Libertines, they're all sort of tapping into some sort of nostalgia that um, for some kind of poppy, hooky songs, there was a little bit of a different vibe. Probably got into the shins around 2005, six. I admit that, you know, I wasn't listening to this album in real time in 2001 probably, but I did go back and, and enjoy it. Considering 2001, what happened in 2001, I think the album is maybe prescient, came out before 9-11. I had first child was born in 2001 as well. So, Oh Inverted World seems like a pretty apt title. This is, uh, yeah, James Mercer. It's kind of like a Built the Civil. It's his project. They've had a few iterations, a few other band members, but he's at the core of it, songwriter. The song is kind of a love song called Girl Inform Me from the album O Inverted World. Deep cuts.
<laughs> fades out there, which is a funny way to close out a song. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, how much how much do the Shins own their success to the movie Garden State? You know, I think uh, this album. I, yeah, I think they certainly um, gained a lot of notoriety from that soundtrack for sure. But I mean, you know, that was uh, that was a great tune. But the Wincing yeah. album in later, like five years, two thousand six or two thousand seven, was a great album. I really like that. What album. was the one with Kissing the Lipless? Uh, the second record. <laughs> Kissing. That's, That's a really good song. Uh, I'll good save it for my two thousand three pick. It does remind you though, like how films that are kind of coming of age stories, and I think that's sort of that film is essentially a coming of age yep. story. You know, it reminds me of The Graduate, you know, and the mm -hmm. Simon and Garfunkel songs, and how using songs to capture that particularly nuanced in between days kind of quality is a, it's a, it's a good uh, formula for success. So Absolutely. it's it's that movie hasn't aged very well though. I, I was going to say the same. Yeah, like, is it? It's, is it twee to a fault? Oh, capital T, tweet. It, I, yeah, it feels very clever, which is kind of exhausting. Yeah, I didn't but, like uh, it when it came out, actually. But. Best movie ever. Do like I'm the kidding. shit. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I'm just kidding. I All saw right, it then. I don't think I've seen it since. No, I, I actually rewatched it for a second, and I was just like, Oof, wow, I don't remember feeling this way. I was very excited it's, at the time, but no. It's no Fletch. It's oh, no Fletch. Please, please. Derek, we are at the top of the deck, so uh, your second pick for the year 2001. The song about shoes. This is tough. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess my theme is a little bit, well, I guess nostalgia, but I guess maybe every, the theme for nostalgia is a you know, almost the theme for every show we do, but a little regardless, bit, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Um, but you know, as opposed to the you know nostalgia for their sartorial choices we used to be able to make, this is a uh, nostalgia for uh, some bad habits that uh, I used to have. This is a song called Cigaretticate <laughs> from the band Kurt Wagner's band Lamb Chop. Chop. They, you know, it's like one of these bands where. You know, if you look them up on Wikipedia, it's like the fall where they're like, there needs to be like a spreadsheet to keep track of all the different members of the band. <laughs> totally. It's sort of one of those, sort of a loose collective of Kurt people. Whoever's hanging around. out with them that week. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, you know, centered around this Kurt w uh, Wagner, truly idiosyncratic band, you know, sort of like a little bit country, a little bit jazzy, a little Memphis soul, a little loungy, um, just strange, you know. He sometimes like, you know, sings a little bit like someone who's sort of suddenly embarrassed to realize everyone's listening to him singing. <laughs> and it's like, whoa, okay, I'm singing. Uh, and they're just like, they're very quiet a lot of the time. But I, I just find them, they're just a really interesting band. Certain bands in the future, individuals in the future, like, you know, that Mac DeMarco gang guy sounds exactly like this song. I mean, it's kind of crazy, but it's really entertaining and uh, makes me want to uh, smoke a cigarette. It's um, the band Lamb Chop and their song Cigarette. It's Steve Cuts. Smoking again 
smoking again Monarchy board I've got a fever You blush when you're honest Insipid me Insipid me I'm smoking It's like you're sneaking in on somebody's really cool karaoke performance somewhere, you know. It's, it's very louche. Oh, yeah, it's very louche. And he's got some really fun turnabout of phrases, you know, that even just on their album titles. Like they have an album called uh, Come On, No, You Come On. <laughs> and uh, it's got a, a great song called uh, National uh, Talk Like a Pirate Day, which I guess is a thing. I party. Yeah. But I don't know. They're really, they're really an interesting band. Check them out um, if you haven't. Josh Rouse played with him. Oh yeah. They called themselves Chester. God knows why. Was Rouse on? Uh, is he on Merge Records as well? I know no, Lamb Chop's been on no, Merge. I don't think so. But yeah, they did a record together called uh, an EP, Chester, which was Josh Rouse and Kurt Wagner in '99, I think. Yeah, there's like a live thing from like 20 years of Merge record thing where he does he sort of um merges uh, 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 one of one of his there? one of his tunes with um the talking heads once in a lifetime oh. and it just it's really it's this great live version of of that i like it but, i'm glad anyway. you picked it because no one sucked him down like you my friend oh man <laughs> it just makes me want to makes me want to pick one up i could just i can just see it you're doing great you're doing great hold steady hold steady stay with us stay with us dear billy federico you get to uh, take the next spot okay well i'm sticking with my theme another electronic artist another instrumental this one's uh aphex twin aka richard james and this is from his album drugs which is spelled strange d-r-u-k-g-e-s and it's the song Avril 14th, not April, again, spelled strangely, A-V-R-I-L, 14th. This song is just piano, but it's just a beautiful uh, tune, beautiful melody. And it's played by a disc clavier, which is piano that can play itself if you put in the uh, programming for it. So it's actually played by this thing called a disc clavier, not, not, not Richard James himself. Famously, this song was used by uh, Kanye in Blame Game from uh, My Beautiful Dark uh, Twisted Fantasy. Kanye was notoriously difficult about this. Richard James. Oh, yeah. He heard about, he's like, are you using my song in this? And they're like, it's, it's my song. He's like, dude, it's my song. You can't just put it in your song. 
Uh, they eventually worked it out. I think Richard James even offered, he's like, I'll play it again for you and you can put it to the tempo you want in your song, but you can't just use my shit without asking. Uh, so there's a little bit of a, a run in there. I think we all need to stop appeasing Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody fucks with the Yeezus, man. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Nash. Uh, and this was released the same week that the iPod was released, actually, in October 2001. I don't know if you guys know this song. It is a popular Aphex Twin song in terms of Aphex Twin songs, to the extent that they're popular. I was going to say, that's uh, not saying very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it is just gorgeous. I, I adore this song. It's a really short one. It's only a couple of minutes long. Uh, it's called Avril 14th, and hit it, Tommy. Deep cuts. Song. I don't have any George Winston to follow. I was going to say, this is very Wyndham Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy used to play Aphex Twin, uh, selected <clears throat> ambient works in the, in the early 90s when we used to play chess together in, uh, at your mom's house. Yeah, Can I ask totally. a question, Bill? Yeah, were you into, like, you're obviously going with a, a theme tonight. Yeah. Was this the music you were listening in 2001, or did you come to it later? I listened to this particular song, Ulrich Schnauss, I didn't know um in 2001 i did know Aphex twin but no i was listening to a lot of strokes and stuff like that but uh but also this i just figured i'd, I'd throw a curveball and do something a little different tonight i love Aphex twin as you know and and i remember i first heard polynomial c in, in 1992 when it got released and mm -hmm. and it kind of blew my mind it was the first time i heard techno that kind of sounded like that that was fast and energetic, but had a melodic quality. And what I love about how he evolved, especially with the selected ambient works and other work is he really started leaning towards kind of um, almost classical simplicity and, 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 and much more melodic. Like he avoided all the trends. Like he didn't become mm -hmm. like a groovy thievery corporation type band. He sort of moved into these really beautiful and, and emotionally resonant kind of 
things. I feel like he's a very interesting artist. I mean, reminds me a little bit of the evolution of like Talk Talk, which were like a pop band and then became something completely different, which mesmerized us and carried us all the way through. I think Bayfix one's a little harder to follow, but I think for those who are willing to take the journey, it's an interesting experience to watch. And this record in particular is a very unique record and I think it's challenging in a really good way. I'm, I'm glad you threw it in there. Great pick. Although funny, funny uh, information from the internet about this record is that he rushed it out because he accidentally left a um, MP3 player on a plane oh, on in Scotland with like 180 tracks on it uh, oh. that he just, he was like, oh, I better release something real quick uh, before it ends up on the internet. Right. Well, the other rumor is he, he made that story up to, um, so he could get out of a record contract. But oh, either way, nice. it's interesting. Either way, either it's, way it's interesting. Yeah. He's a fascinating guy, actually. And, and it's interesting you mentioned, like, you know, uh, both Kanye and Richard James, because they're probably among the most, I don't know, reticent, idiosyncratic, and uncooperative people you can imagine. So the idea of them going toe to toe over a sample is kind of fascinating. Yeah, fuck Kanye. Fuck Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, I think we can come to a consensus on that. Yeah, I think we're good on that. Uh, yeah, we've, we've lost Kanye, unfortunately. Well, Chris, you get to do the next spot. So what would you yeah. do in 2001? I'm going to play a song by the Eels. Soul Jacker came out in 2001. It's probably my favorite record by uh, Mark Elliott. I, I, love his, I love his voice. It's sort of sandpapery or it sounds like a rock tumbler a little bit. And when he, when he, <laughs> when he sort of reaches for emotion, it seems like extra effective. It's in this song. It's a weird, it's, it's on the surface, it's like a very accessible and like catchy song. It's poppy. But, but if you look at the lyrics from what the best I can figure out, it's about a guy looking back on a childhood when his father um, sort of trained him and his brothers to go stand at bus stops and beat the shit out of people. <laughs> oh. oh, that hoary tale. Yeah, that old yarn. <laughs> It's really, it's a great song, but like once you dig into it, you're like, wait a second, what? Anyway, it's called Bus Stop Boxer, and uh, it's my favorite track from my favorite Eels album, Soul Jacker, and so take it away. It's Deep Cuts.
I love this record too. Mark Everett is a really special artist and watching his mind and his lyrics and the choices of music. And uh, he uh, was a guest appearance in a show called Love that I worked on for a while. And it's that was a great show, by the way. I was just trying to think I of that. Love, I was love. trying to remember that where I had, because I was wanting to talk about that. That's where it was. Yeah, he was it great was in that. He yeah. was great in it. And he's such a charismatic character that even in the little bits that he's doing and he's, He's really in only sort of as a cameo. He's wonderful. And you just get a sense of just the the creativity of him, the uniqueness of him. You know, it reminds me a little bit of like Beck in the same time period was doing really interesting work and was trying to figure out how to be sort of an emotionally resonant person as well as being a smart person. And I kind of feel like this mm-hmm. record really captures that. It's just he's like Beck minus pretty. the Scientology. I don't know. I don't know. But no, uh, I think he's but if you were if you were listening or watching Shrek movies like I was in the early two thousands, if you had young kids, uh, the eels were in Shrek one, Shrek two, and Shrek three. Oh, really? Yes. There Good was for him. A, he made some bank off that. It was know. always an eel song, and they were great. The one I remember is uh, "I Need Some Sleep," particularly, yep. uh, which I think is Shrek two. I think you can thank Chris Doritas for that because Chris Doritas signed the Eels to DreamWorks, oh. which is a record label that he yes. did. He music supervised Trek One to shout out three. to the musical supervisor Chris. Right. There we go. Yeah, Chris. But Doritas, he also so. worked with um, on this record. Worked with John Parrish, sort of known as the guitar player um, Rich's uh, favorite um, artist, PJ Harvey. Mm. So still got a thing for yeah, PJ. Yeah, he's working that out though. I also really like just how he uses beats too. He later put out a record uh, under the title MC Honky that's got <laughs> that. that's got a similar right. sort of like a lot of similar beats that are really really catchy. But yeah, lyrically, I don't know what's going on in this song, but it's fascinating. Yeah, his his world is perpetually inviting you to go <laughs> to places you've never gone before. <laughs> Well, I've got the next spot. I remember 2001, and I certainly remember 9-11 and sort of how stunned we were when it happened. And the added element was I was at KCRW and I was doing a radio show, which meant I had to be public, you know, and figure out how to present music in a way that was a salve or was commenting on or was not commenting on or was a distraction from this feeling because it was really like it rocked everyone to our foundation. 
And a Norwegian band released their debut in 2001 on September 13th, just a few days after 9-11. I remember hearing it, and when I first heard it, I heard it a little bit early, and I remember just being really mesmerized by it. And I felt that there was something so sweet and kind and thoughtful and lovely about it that it really meant something to me. So the band Roiksop, their album is called Melody AM. I'm going to also play a song that features... Um, Erland Oye from the Kings of Convenience, also from Bergen, Norway. And I just felt like this was a healing song, and I felt good playing this on the air uh, in September of 20, 2001. It's only been a week rush of being home and rapid fading Failing to recall What I was missing all that time in England Has sent me aimlessly On foot or by the help of transportation To knock on windows where My friend no longer live I had forgotten and a kindness to this record that it kind of, I don't know, it was, uh, it just hit me in the right spot. And it felt so alien. It didn't feel like we were catering to some other sensibility. It was a unique electronic record, very melodic. It was, it just was a very unique sound in that time period. And I remember how much I enjoyed navigating my way out of September of that year with this record. Yeah, I dig his voice. I think you put King's, King's of Convenience song on one of your like mid 2000 Super Music Vision uh, collections year end. 
And I remember yeah. getting into them after that. I love them. It's it's Erland Oya and Eric Boye. They're two guys out of uh, Bergen, Norway. Royksup is also out of Bergen, Norway. They're they're both really wonderful people. They're kind of like folk singers. They're kind of the closest we've had to sort of Simon and Garfunkel in a sense, and just sort of unashamedly gentle folk and very melodic sensibilities. Like, is it Oye singing? Is that who is singing? It's Oye singing. Yeah. yeah and yeah, yeah. and you know, and Erland is. It's funny. I met the two guys, and like Erland is is a sort of extravagant, wonderful character. Like we would go to record shops. Like we go to Amoeba Records, and he would immediately be talking to pretty girls. He just has he's tall and has this charismatic quality. And Eric is the opposite. He's this low key, also ridiculously handsome guy, but he loves playing chess and being just low key. And in a sense, their sensibility, this sort of very, I guess, Norwegian sensibility, I don't know, this record with Royksop, who are these sort of like, you know, computer nerds, um, just, I don't know, just struck me in the right spot. And I remember just really yeah, I remember, being I remember liking this record when it came out a lot. And I think there's something to the fact that you and Bill have brought up tonight that like, you know, this sort of electronic music, it, some, you know, some of it, like the less aggressive sort of strain of it was really in a way was like a bomb uh, in 2001. You know what I mean? It did. There was something soothing and sort of healing about it. Uh, yeah, no, I, I like this one. And, and very otherworldly. I think that was another thing that was nice. It was like an escape from the feelings that we were all feeling, which was very, it was really challenging. It was a very, very challenging time. And I think we forget about that. But I think what's nice about doing this whole year is really like, how did we get through that? You know, and everybody did it in their own way. Speaking of Rich, you get to take the next spot where you want to take it. But, I, but I'm going to take a guess and say the Pacific Northwest. I'm not going to the Northwest. Sorry. <laughs> I took my thumb off the space bar. Now it's on. Um, I'm, going, I'm going to Oregon, something totally different. A, no, I'm going to pick, this is a, a new band, non-electronic. I think you're on mute again, Rich. I think he's going to let the music do the talking. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of... <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. Technical difficulties. Yeah, so this is a new band. Well, when you say new band, what do you mean? Newish band. Well, it's their first album in eight years in 2001. Not necessarily electronic. It's their first and last album in the 2000s together. Okay. Okay. It's a lot of killing me. It's a very mysterious It's okay, and the album is the album is get ready. Oh, new order! Ah, <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Long runway for that one. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I struggled to find some deep cuts for the, but this uh, album for me was quite a deep cut. I mean, I probably didn't give it the attention that it deserved. It's a pretty good I record. Think, I don't think anyone did, but that crystal is a oh. is a great song. Uh, most of this album is, I think, just revisiting it. It's called Get Ready because I think they were trying to, you know, they all got psyched up to come back and have kind of a rekindling of what they had in, in prior decades. So they were fired up. Anyway, it, it comes across in a lot of the songs. I kind of glossed over it at the time and I was probably distracted, but just listening to it again, pretty impressed. And this song that I chose, uh, Slow Jam, is actually um, pandering to our Aussie fans because this was actually played in a car commercial in Australia for the Ford Falcon in 2001. Of course. Of course. And uh, I thought that was pretty neat. But um, what hell, anyway. What the hell is the Ford Falcon? That is the car that's actually in Mad Max. It's a very common car. Really? Well, that was the car in Mad yeah. Max. Well, nice. one of the cars in Mad Max, the first one. What's it called here in the States? Uh, they don't have a version of it. It's it's its own model. It's unique. Ah, you, you can only get it there. It's, it's uh, I thought there was a Ford Falcon in the States. but No. Anyway. 
They had some get like Billy Corgan played on this album with them. Was it Hookie's last record with them? It was the last record for all of them together, studio yeah. album. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, it's surprisingly good, giving it a, a, a re-listen. The Crystal song, the video, if you recall, that's where the uh, they had like young models playing in their place. The video, and then the drum kit said the Killers, and that's where the Killers ended up getting their <laughs> their name from. But anyway, fun fact. Bobby Gillespie from Primal Screams on this album. Anyway, it, it was fun to revisit this. So, uh, Tommy, you can take it away. This is Slow Jam by New Order from the album Get Ready. The year is 2001. It's Deep Cuts. the change in the band and sort of how different they sound in this time period you mean since this no i mean i mean more like this this record like i had completely left new order at this point like i wasn't even like checking the records out anymore i've never left them this this record is good okay still 60 miles an hour vicious streak 
That's a good song. They're really uh, just kind of you know, rocking out in a way that they never did, or you know, in a different way. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot less electronic stuff going on in this album. I remember listening to this record, and 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 I heard it at the station. I remember listening to it and thinking like. This feels like like middle-aged people trying to do a record that makes them hey. feel young again. Careful, <laughs> careful. That is the theme of the show. Have you seen them lately? <laughs> that may be true. That may be That's true. why we're all putting on Tiger Bomb and trying to get psyched up for the show. <laughs> I remember I saw I saw them on this tour, and I got to say, I could not wait for them to get past the new material. Yeah. You're screaming for the old stuff. I wanted the old stuff. Right. Play well, Perfect Kiss! <laughs> totally. And it must be so tough to be a band like in your third decade and trying to, it is third decade at this point, right? Because, you know, I guess yeah, 70s, yeah. late 70s, they were coming in. Fourth, technically. Yeah. I mean, well, if you count the greater I like the name yeah, of the and, album. And, and to be performing live and trying to like put new material in front of people. And like, you know, to Chris's point, it's like, you know, nobody really wants to. Play the hits! Stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Well, that wraps before up. We, before our... we move on, can I hear Derek say Barney? What a fucking Barney! <laughs> <laughs> Derek doing his Peter Hook, ladies and gentlemen. I get, I get, I Fucking. Let's switch over to uh, further listening. So uh, let's go around the horn from the top. So, Derek, what would be your suggestion for some further listening in the year two thousand and one? I remember really enjoying this record that came out uh, by the band, the soundtrack of our lives uh, out of Sweden, sort of part of that sort of, you know, hives, uh, this little flood of uh, Swedish bands that happened around this time, hives and uh, like the Caesars or what have you. But uh, it was a really great record. It was sort of this like um, throwback kind of classic rock record that really kind of hit in a really great way. And like the lead singer was just this big, like bear of a man who just had this sort of like yeah, uh, just sort of magnetism about him. He was great, but I really liked that that record. Uh, it was called Behind the Music, a particular song called Sister Surround on it that I really loved. But uh, yeah, soundtrack of our lives, uh, Behind the Music. Great. I saw them perform live in this exact time period, and it was one of the most fun things. You're right; he's uh, a bear yeah. of a dude, and they're just such a great rock and roll band. We ended up putting them into Six Feet Under at some point, and oh, I okay. love them I from this record. This record was such a just a it was just a, a great bomb that went off. It was a and again going back to that idea of honestly, kind of like the Strokes. Like I view the Strokes as being kind of a nostalgic band. Like they kind of figured out what oh, made boy. rock and roll work, Fight and words. they basically created their own version of it. Oh, they were. They were totally derivative, but like they were derivative of amazing things. They were derivative yeah. of, of things that were really great and they they did it great. I mean, you know, that this is this it is a undeniably great record. That when that came out, I was very excited by that yeah. record this year. You know, we didn't play anything off it, but you know, that's nothing on that record is a deep cut. Yeah, uh you totally. know, just nothing is. And, and, uh, and, you know, I think, I think it, in a way, the soundtrack of our lives was doing a similar thing in a really interesting yeah. way, you know, totally agree. Billy, what would be your, uh, suggested? Me. For okay. Um, electronic, Billy? Nope. Nope. I will play a, a, or recommend a rock song. Um, but it's not an album. It's actually just a single or I don't even Ooh. know it's a single. It was, it was in a movie. It was in the movie called series seven, which I never even saw. Yeah, you had to go to a, a, a phone booth somewhere and dial a number, and they play the song for you. What are you talking exactly. about? What is this? Exactly. Yeah, well, it's by a band you like, Derek. Girls Against Boys. Oh, and what? the song what? is "One Dose of Truth." What? 
you can only get it. I mean, I only find it on YouTube, and I also have it on like a CD single that I have. But otherwise, it's not on. An, it's not on any streaming service, so it's hard to find. But I think it's a tremendous song. It should have been a big hit for them. I mean, it's really, really catchy. Again, it's called One Dose of Truth. It's Girls Against Boys. It was in this soundtrack, Series 7, which is about reality TV, a movie probably no one saw. I saw it. Uh, oh, you did? Nash saw it. Okay. Saw it. You remember this song? <laughs> uh, maybe what I, I, I would have to hear it. Yeah, yeah. But it's a killer song, so look it up. Check it out on mm. YouTube or whatnot. One Dose of Truth. Just terrific. Very nice. Chris, what is your pick for 2001 for the listeners? Maybe no surprise here, but I'm going to go with uh, Stephen Malcolm's self-titled debut record. It's really good. I think all of his records, either you know under his name or with the Jicks, are really underappreciated. And I'm not going to say they're as good as pavement records, but I listen to them just as much. So uh, this first one's really, really good. It's got some great tracks on it, um, and I highly recommend it. Jenny and the S Dog. Oh, is Jenny, Jenny and the S Dog on that one? That's <laughs> yep. a classic. It's a classic. Oh, what, a, what a great story! And it's also got JoJo's jacket, which JoJo's jacket has that great uh, audio clip of Yul Brenner talking about <laughs> shaving his head for the first time and getting rid of all his stupid vanity. And it's oh, it's great. It's a great record. Cool. I will recommend uh, a hip hop record. Uh, DJ Crush out of Japan put out, I think, a stunning album in 2001 called Zen. I was really up for playing a, a track called Paradise Bird Theory, but it was, he's a, again, it's, he's a DJ out of Japan. He's a hip hop producer, and he really believes in a very clean, I don't know, uh, directed type of hip hop production, which is really unique. Uh, and really special. And I think it's one of those records that you can put on from beginning to end and have a really interesting and unique, mostly instrumental hip hop experience. I think where DJ Shadow is very showy and, and really into showing off like his sounds and you know what he's excited by, DJ Crush is into believing into certain concepts and really delivering them with clarity and cleanliness. And there's something very unique about that. So DJ Crush, the album is called Zen. Uh, I think a very interesting uh, record from the hip hop producer out of Japan. Rich, what would be your suggestion for the listeners? My God, man, you're on mute again. <laughs> it's his first I'm, show. Come on, Grandpa. Trying a new mute unmute technique, and it's, yeah, it's not working very well. It's a heck of a technique. I, I apologize. It's a VCR uh, with twelve o'clock blinking behind him. <laughs> Uh, continuing with the the theme of bands that probably should have given it up by now, I'm going to uh, recommend Echo and the Bunnymen Flowers. Yes, the for the A side, the first half of this album is a little slow. I wouldn't have picked uh, the first song for our album openers last week for sure, but the second half of this album is really good. I mean, it's it's a it holds up. I enjoyed it so. Uh, Rich, well, the Rolling Stones put out an album that year, too. I'm surprised you didn't go there. Uh, wow. That hurts. That hurts. It's a good record. Wrong. All right, let's talk about social media. So, Billy Federico, you are the, the maven, the, the master. Sure, well, we should have Rich explain it to us since he's so tech savvy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> check us out on the Gram and Facebook and Twitter. Search for Deep Cuts Lost and Found. And then also uh, check out our Patreon page where we do a bonus round of extra tracks, which we'll be doing next. Yeah, very exciting. And and by the way, I just checked out the, uh, I think it was the iTunes version. I've not seen any new reviews in a while, so yeah, I would love to reviews. initiate. We need some season two reviews. So whether yeah. we're holding it up or whether we're falling apart, 
um, I would love to have you guys uh, put some votes in and just say what you think uh, and put it up on the on the iTunes uh, reviews. Also, want to put a big love out to Paolo Grassini and Jiggle Watts for producing this record. Uh, this record, this uh, this this podcast, it's been great. The song must go on is a song is a podcast that he puts out, which I think is really great. It's about soundtrack songs, and Paolo has been a pleasure to work with. So if you're enjoying this show, you're enjoying the increased uh, quality of our delivery. You can thank Paolo for that. Here, here. Let's uh, go now to. I'll read off essentially our thing. What we do in the show, which I think is exciting, the vote, the big vote. So we cannot vote for our own songs. We can only vote for another song. Our favorite discovery, our favorite sort of uh, reminiscence of a song. Uh, and here's what we've heard tonight. Derek opened up the song, the sorry, the show with Spoon and Fitted Shirt from their album Girls Can Tell. Billy Federko came in with Mr. Ulrich Schnaus and the song Knudelmaus from Faraway Train Passing <laughs> By. I to hear him say it. Thank you. Uh, Chris came in with Joe Strummer from The Clash and the Mescaleros, his new band, Bindi Baji or Bagi, from his album Global Agogo. Uh, I came in with The Gorillas, Damon Albarn's project with Jamie Hewlett. Latin Simone is the song Que Pasa Ton Contigo from their debut album called Gorillas, uh, spelled G O R I L L A Z, if you're looking it up. Rich came in with The Shins, Girl Inform Me from O Inverted World, uh, stepping into the heart of his Seattle uh, experience here. <laughs> and uh, Billy came in, I'm sorry, Chris, uh, Derek came in with Lamb Chop, um, Kurt Wagner's project, Cigarette Leak is the name of the song. Uh, Billy came in with Aphex Twin, April 14th, which is I think the Roman numeral spelling of April from the album Drugs. And Chris came in with the Eels, uh, Mark Everett's project. Bus Stop Boxer is the song from his album, Soul Jacker. I came in with the Norwegian duo Royksop and their album, Melody AM. We featured the song called Remind Me. Rich closed out the show with New Order. Slow Jam, which is the album from their album of 2001 called Get Ready. Is everyone prepared to pop into the chat their favorite? Ready. Yeah. All right. On a one, two. on a two, and a three. Did I? Joe Strummer. Yeah, Joe Strummer. Strummer with it. two. Strummer with two. So Chris Nashawadi, that is pretty exciting. So on that note, let us wrap up our show. You're listening to Deep Cuts Lost and Found. This has been round number 35. The year we've been exploring is 2001. I've been here with Rich Air, Derek Brain, Bill Federko, and Chris Nashwadi, who wins with his Joe Strummer song. He will be leading off on the bonus round, which will be on Patreon. Hope you will join us over there. We'll be back again next week with 2002. Looking forward to catching you all. Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, being part of our experience. It's Deep Cuts, Lost and Found, round 35. We'll see you all soon.